0: Now do I sound better? Yeah, you sound good. Okay, good. Now, not only is my microphone on a hair trigger where if uh, you know, if the cord loses contact for like 1 second, like the whole thing just shuts down. Uh-huh. Not only is that a thing now, but also last night my laptop started doing this thing where if I move it a centimeter, it just shuts down completely and Jesus. won't turn back on. Yeah.
1: It sounds like uh sounds like we need some new tech at uh <laughs> at our NHNL studio headquarters. <laughs>
0: Yeah, this is uh, where our technology is only slightly better than what you see on the show.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Jesus, and uh, and we're living 25 years in the future.
0: <laughs> yep.
1: <laughs> God. Well, what what do you, do you? How old is your laptop?
0: I don't remember. I <laughs> that, got it. That's not uh, a good I sign. <laughs> Is there a way to find that out? Probably not.
1: (laughs) I mean, just to remember when you got it, it, (laughs) if if that's outside of the last 10 years, you probably need a new laptop. I'm coming up on that with my personal laptop. I I think I got mine in 2010, like fall of 2010.
0: Yeah, I I really can't remember. And I only started using it as a laptop within the last year because I really didn't have a need for an actual laptop. Mm Mm-hmm. But now I've got to actually like carry it to and from work. Like I used to just leave it plugged in, like a desktop. I had a monitor and everything. I just used it like a oh, like a man. desktop. Yeah, yeah, never moved it. Um, and so and now when I move it, uh, it just must have gotten so used to not being moved. It's like no, <laughs> I'm not gonna do it. We're not doing Damn this today. It. No, <laughs> no, you can't even move me. Not even a centimeter. <laughs> Fine, computer. Jeez. All of a sudden, I'm moving. Not moving for a year. All right. Yeah. Uh, should we just get going yeah why not all right yeah because we're th- 20 minutes late then because of this dumb thing all right i better not insult it anymore uh w- welcome to no hugging no learning it's a show about one thing watching seinfeld for the first time i'm tim murphy i'm ted Halliwell. and today we will be talking about the wink season, season seven episode four but before that we did have some homework and stuff from the previous episode um which was hang on i know what it was the uh, the postponement? Yeah. No, it wasn't the postponement. No, no. it was um, <laughs> yeah, the maestro. Was, yeah, course.
1: yeah, the postponement. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah the no. maestro, maestro.
0: That's <laughs> it. Uh, the maestro, right? And we wanted to know who the manager was that played the, or who the actor was that played the manager at Ross, dressed not dressed for less, <laughs> dressed for more. Um, Ro- and it was, Ross Ross dressed for your whole paycheck. <laughs> yeah, Ross, um, dressed for bankruptcy. And the manager is played by a guy named Tim Bagley, and it's just like Kelly Perrin from uh, last, the, you know, from the postponement. He's just another guy that has just been in everything. He's been on Seinfeld, of course, Wings, Dharma and Greg. According to Jim, Kerb Your Enthusiasm, The X Files, Suddenly Susan, ER, Ellen, Third Rock from the Sun, The Nanny, Desperate Housewives, New Girl, Mom. Workaholics. I mean, talk about a workaholic. Yeah. Did
1: you write down any of his film roles? Because there's one thing that I think I recognized him from. I did not. Okay, because I think he was. Oh wait,
0: I did write down some. Yeah, go ahead though.
1: I think he was the store manager in the critically acclaimed (laughs) movie starring Dane Cook, titled "Employee of the Month."
0: did you confirm that information i
1: did not i okay. i can really quickly though
0: yeah we'll see who gets there first <laughs> yeah yeah he was i mean it, it auto completes tim bagley employee of the month oh no yeah i was gonna say because i did write down a bunch of his let me see
1: man if only employee of the month had a seinfeld connection then we could do that for a christmas special <laughs> this is thing is a, a classic
0: movie? no no no
1: absolutely oh, oh. not
0: well <laughs> but, it does have a seinfeld connection because tim bagley is in it as glenn Gary.
1: <laughs> oh yeah glenn <laughs> gary ah, and brian george oh that's right
0: <laughs> oh my gosh that's amazing
1: <laughs> oh oh and tim danny what? woodburn
0: no yep. you're kidding me nope that's crazy
1: yeah uh tim bagley plays glenn gary and Danny Woodburn plays Glenn Ross.
0: Oh, I said Glenn Carey. Oh no, I see Glenn Gary and Glenn Ross. Very yeah, get, funny. Get it, huh? Very, very funny. Yeah. So <laughs> Tim Bagley was also in The Mask, the the Jim Carrey tour de force. Uh, he was also in Austin Powers, uh, the Spy Who Shagged Me.
1: Oh my God! Okay. He was in.
0: I bet. I have a feeling you love this movie. He was in Accepted, Ted.
1: Oh, no. You don't love that movie? Uh, I haven't seen that in probably, <laughs> oh, my God, uh, 10 years. Uh, yeah. I, I, that probably holds up very well, doesn't it?
0: <laughs> I wonder. I wonder. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, I remember that, enjoying a, it when that's I saw be, it.
1: I can't remember what came first in Jonah Hill's filmography, if it was that or Superbad.
0: Yeah, or the forty-year-old virgin,
1: or the forty-year-old virgin. Yeah, you're right. It's probably forty-year-old virgin. Then, then this, then super bad is what I'm thinking because like he's he's like a very minor role in accepted, but super bad. Yeah, he's yeah. like j- he's like like uh, joust into the into the mainstream. Is that the right word? Yeah, thrust yeah, yeah. into the he
0: mainstream. Was, he was the star of of super bad. yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, he's on screen most but, of the time. But yeah. accepted,
1: he's literally just wearing a hot dog suit, yelling out. Ask me about my wiener,
0: but that's what everybody remembers from the movie. That's like, even it. If you that's never the saw the movie, you remember thing. that.
1: That's the only thing. No one thinks to remember the South Harmon Institute of Technology.
0: <laughs> yes, yeah. So he was. So his first uh, credited role apparently is in I Heart Huckabee's, which I um, saw a million years ago in 04, and I didn't understand it really. And I don't remember him being in it. But then he was eBay customer and 40-Year-Old Virgin. (laughs) Then Barry and Grandma's Boy.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Yeah. Then he played, I guess, 17-year-old Adam Sandler in Click. (laughs) Wait, for real? Yeah, yeah. He plays Ben Newman at 17 years old. I'm guessing that's uh, Adam Sandler's character.
1: I don't even remember him being in that. I'd have to watch it all over again.
0: Oh, wait, never mind. Uh, Ben is one of his kids. Michael Newman is... Uh, um, so Ben Newman is one of Adam Sandler's kids in Click, and so that's who he plays. Okay. Uh, at seventeen, and then accepted, and then ten items or less. So two thousand six was a huge year for him. Jeez. But super bad. But then oh seven, he was just uh, he just blew up. He exploded. Because mm-hmm. that's when um, that's when Superbad uh, was. Superbad came out. Okay. Yeah. So I definitely saw accepted when it came out and in 06 i was just out of college so i was probably (laughs) too old for it at the time but i remember enjoying it enough
1: i mean you're you're still like in that that sense of humor like like college age like (laughs) yeah babes and poop jokes this is (laughs) nothing nothing gets better than
0: this but i have a feeling it was like it, it holds a a more of a foothold in the heart of somebody who was younger than or, or the same age as the people in the movie, you know, mm, because it just wasn't in, you know, it just wasn't in my pop culture wheelhouse at the time. But for some people, you know, it was probably like, yeah, you know, like, like Harry Potter is for younger people. I was I was older than that whole explosion. So oh, true, I didn't true, really jump yeah. on the train. Not that there's an age to that, but like I've talked to people who are like younger and are like surprised. I've never read a book or seen a movie Harry from Harry Potter. And so you, like yeah, it wait. wasn't.
1: This is new information to me. Really? Really. Oh, my God. I mean, I've never read the books, but, like, Grace and I have seen all of the movies countless times. She more than I, and she had never seen any of them until, like, four years ago.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's such a, well, that's interesting because you guys were at the age where you should have been, like, lining up at barnes and noble at midnight to get the the last book or whatever
1: true but she grew up with a very conservative religious family who
0: thought witchcraft
1: was from the devil
0: 10-4 on that good buddy (laughs) i can completely identify with that because that's that's probably why my brother has no interest in it really but i think his wife loves it so by now he's probably seen it all um i'm pretty sure she's a big fan how much younger is your brother he is... Hang on a second. Jeez. Oh, wait. This he's is like, research you have to do? <laughs> um, he's... God, how old is he? God damn. <laughs> well, like, I'm supposed to know this off the top of my head?
1: I know how old my siblings are.
0: Yeah, you're right. I should. <laughs> I think he was born in 87, so he's 33. Does that sound right?
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think.
0: Yeah. I'm going to go with that. Final answer. Am I right? <laughs> i guess there's no way for you to know
1: (laughs) yes i i I am here to confirm the age of your brother that that that's my sole responsibility on this podcast
0: yeah yeah he was born in 87 i just confirmed (laughs) it. thank you facebook uh yeah so that's how old he is (laughs) but not and not that accepted is the same pop culture phenomenon as but, you know, you you just grow up with certain movies in your life and they just, you know, like American Pie, for instance. That's where Accepted probably is for some people. Oh, Like American yeah. Pie was that cultural moment for me, you know, where it's like, oh, that changes the game. I don't know. I, I think we're giving, I, I'm giving way too much credit to Accepted.
1: <laughs> I, I think you are. I think a little yeah, bit.
0: Yeah, yeah um i'll try to think about a smaller tier movie that, <laughs> <laughs> that fits there uh he was also in uh, this tim bagley was also in knocked up and this is 40 playing the same role because you know this is 40 is kind of the spiritual sequel mm-hmm. with paul rudd's character from knocked up so he's in the same role there he's in walk hard i mean so he's in a ton of stuff oh uh, and ted let's run down his disney credits oh god he was in I, I doubt you're still watching this but he was in raven's home last year
1: i've actually never seen raven's home my <laughs> my niece loves I, it though my niece loves
0: it he played Judge Giovanni. He, in 2012, he was in Shake It Up as Principal Rabinoff. Okay. And in 2010, he was in True Jackson as Ed Wheeler. So again, he might not go as far back as you. Again, that was 10 years ago, though. But you, you might have still have aged out of True Jackson by that point.
1: Yeah, 10 years ago, <laughs> I was 17 and not really watching much Disney Channel. <laughs>
0: <laughs> At least not publicly. Not, not, not talking about it. <laughs> There's the information. I think that was all the homework that we had. So let's get into like trivia and tidbits and stuff. The Maestro, of course, was the first appearance of the great Jackie Childs, who we acknowledged as a parody of Johnny Cochran and is played by Phil Morris. Here's an interesting uh, parallel Morris and Cochran visited the same barbershop in LA for years. And so Morris knew Johnny Cochran's personality and mannerisms like firsthand. Really? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> So that's why he was able to, like, you know, caricaturize them so well. I I, I don't know where this story comes from, but I found it multiple places. Uh, Jerry interrupted Phil Morris's audition for the role by turning up the air conditioning and remarking, You're so funny, you're making me sweat. <laughs> I mean, I guess it might have happened. Okay. <laughs> but it also might have been, like, a joke. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, he might have just been hot anyway. It's like, oh, you know, no, it's You're So Funny, You're Making Me Sweat. Like... <laughs> Jesus but, you know, Christ. take the compliments where you can get them, I guess. <laughs> uh, other people considered for the role were Ted Lang, a.k.a. Isaac from The Love Boat, <laughs> uh, Michael Dorn, a.k.a. Worf from Star Trek The Next Generation, and Michael Bolt, Michael, Bo- Michael Boatman, not Michael Bolton, oh, Michael, <laughs> Michael Boatman, who played Carter on Spin City and and a bunch of other stuff. He's even still working. I think he's on Madam Secretary or Scandal or something like that. But I remember him as Carter from Spin City, and he was also considered for the role uh, of Jackie Childs. Or they auditioned anyway. Got it. Got it. Uh, Phil Morris planned to star in a spin-off as Jackie Childs, but the project was called off. Probably wisely so. I don't see that lasting like Fraser did off of Cheers. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of a character you can't. It's like kind of a one-note character as great as it is. You can't go back to that well every single week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and who are you going to put around him that's funnier? You know, if, if, if Jackie Childs was going to be the main character, he would have had to have even wackier characters around him. Yeah. Like if it I was, don't think that would have worked.
1: If it was like a, a spinoff with Jackie Childs and
0: Kramer. Oh, my gosh. And they just sue a new corporation every week. <laughs> yeah, that, that,
1: that might have some legs. But, like, <laughs> if it's just Jackie Childs, then you get into Joey territory.
0: Yeah, Um, yeah, and and Joey, you know, they had to make Joey the straight man for all of his weird sisters and his weird family, I think is what that was. And so that's why it didn't work, because Joey wasn't the straight man. He was always the one who said the the goofy, funny thing. (laughs) Yeah, but I want to see that show now where where Jackie and Kramer sue a different company every week, and and then Kramer settles for some, like, ungodly, stupid amount or or special treatment.
1: It's like uh jackie and kramer take on nathan for you where yes. they where they try and scam a new business each week but then try and help them out in the worst way possible but it it is well-intentioned
0: patent pending trademark copyright hollywood <laughs> you know where to find us <laughs> we can still we can still save michael richards it's time for a comeback Ooh yeah i'm i'm not gonna hop on that boat no, put him in a show with a black guy. It's going to be great, Ted. This is going to work. All right. You heard it, Hollywood. Ted's out. I'm still in. <laughs> <laughs> Ted, forward my emails because I still can't get into a no hugging <laughs> show. <laughs> Gmail. No hugging, no learning show at gmail.com. It's
1: okay. If there are any Hollywood executives, please DM <laughs> the Twitter account instead.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Perfect.
1: Because I am the only one who remembers the password for the email, and I've given it to Tim countless times.
0: Even though I have it, it won't (laughs) let me log in for for some weird reason. I don't even remember now. It's like, all right, we need to confirm it's you. So go to your tablet or go to your phone and say, okay, there that you're allowed in. I'm like, I don't. Okay. The mice. Oh, wait. One more thing about Phil Morris uh, and an interesting uh, crossover between the Superman universe and uh, Seinfeld. Phil Morris later played John Jones, an interpretation of the superhero known as the Martian Manhunter in the Superman prequel series Smallville. So he's played a Superman villain. Later in his career, but Jerry must have loved that.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was, that was awesome. Uh,
0: the maestro's name, Bob Cobb. Here's another Superman crossover. Bob Cobb is the original alias of Mon-El, a supporting character in the Superman comics. Huh. Sort of Superman's brother, like he comes to Earth and Superman thinks it's his brother, but it turns out not to be. I don't, there's been lots of iterations, but yeah, so that's where they got that name. And the name Bob Cobb would be used again by Larry David in the Curb Your Enthusiasm episode, Trick or Treat, which I don't remember what it's about, but that's okay because you haven't seen it anyway. I'm guessing it's something having to do with Halloween? Probably, probably. In the postponement, here's, oh, this this is a good little catch from somebody on the internet. In the postponement, Kramer could be seen drinking coffee outside the movie theater by taking the top off, but he puts the top back on for going inside. Then in The Maestro, Kramer tells Jackie that he took a sip of the coffee, but Jackie asked him who put the top on, and he said they did it. Oh, yes. So, so Kramer would have been guilty of uh, some sort of fraud anyway for lying about he's the one who replaced the top, he t- and, he uh, and it fell off. Tampered with that? the lid. Yep.
1: And it makes the case void right there.
0: I know. That that's everything. Not that they would have been able to find that out, I mean unless Java <laughs> World found the security footage outside the theater perhaps. I don't know.
1: I mean, hey, for $50,000, I'd be doing a lot of a lot look of into it. work tra- trying to yep. trying to prove this guy wrong.
0: Yeah, you look into it. And I wanted to touch on one thing. Oh, this is the last thing. But one thing from the end of the episode that we had a little discrepancy on. Uh, the script goes like this. Jerry says, you didn't have to push me. Kramer says, I didn't push you. How much did you pay that guy? And Jerry says, 75,000 lira. And Kramer says, 75,000 lira? Are you out of your mind? And Kramer's uh, he's, Jerry says, Kramer, you don't understand the conversion rate. Uh, and so someone did the math. And Jerry's taxi ride in Tuscany would have cost $63.75 based on the conversion rate established by Mister Chichio, where oh. what is it? Uh, Two million lira equals uh, seventeen hundred dollars or something like that. So uh-huh. from the from the airport to the you know to rural Tuscany again, sixty three bucks probably not that bad.
1: No, and what did, what did I say last week? I think I said I think like one hundred and forty eight dollars, maybe. Yeah, because I think you heard okay. one hundred
0: and seventy five thousand, not seventy five.
1: Okay, yeah. So I guess I was a little high.
0: Yeah, yeah, because I could have sworn the joke was that Kramer thought he gave him seventy five thousand dollars. Was like, what? You know? But no, it was seventy five thousand lira. So, and that's all I have for uh, trivia and stuff.
1: No other news or anything. Uh, was um, was Ruth Bader Ginsburg ever a, a Seinfeld side character?
0: I don't think so. Okay, and I don't know if she was ever mentioned on the show. That's a great question. Okay. Because, uh,
1: I, I mean, the uh, day of us recording this, she just passed away, um, I, I think, like 18 hours ago. So yeah. I, yeah. I, I figured I'd uh, bring that up and see if we, in fact, were cursed.
0: <laughs> well, let me see. Um, doesn't say there There are a bunch of articles when you see um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Jerry Seinfeld and Seth Rogen. I don't know what that has <laughs> to do with anything, but that's one of the titles. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um,
1: that, that sounds like an onion article it's like here's what <laughs> these people have to say
0: yeah they're all jewish i guess so maybe that has something to do with it i don't know um yeah so no as, as far as i know uh she she's not mentioned at all in any scripts or anything <laughs> i did have an, uh, a couple pieces of news first and we did make this happen so in our latest you know death note uh, journal you can write this down Roseville, California man suing Starbucks after his genitals, hands burned with tea. <laughs> Can you believe this happened this week? <laughs> Tommy Pillive was at Roseville Starbucks in 2018 when he says the lid on his hot tea came loose and the drink spilled over his hands, stomach, thighs and genitals. It fell on the windowsill. And then came over on him, his attorney said, there's third degree burns on his fingers, second degree burns on his second and third degree burns on his pelvic area. The lawsuit says the then 22 year old spent 11 days in the burn unit at UC Davis. His injuries were so severe, according to his attorney, that intimacy is now painful two years later and awkward and he can no longer play the piano. I mean, the awkward was probably before the burn. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> I mean, tw- when we're twenty-two, I mean, come on. <laughs> is anybody not
1: awkward <laughs> intimately when they're twenty-two?
0: I hope on. the answer is yeah. I hope the answer is no. Uh, the nerves have grown back and healed back, and he learned to walk again. What? Uh, maybe because he God couldn't like damn. rub those sensitive areas together or something like that <laughs> because that took a while to learn to walk again with those comprehensive injuries around that whole section of your body uh his, his attorney said the suit alleges negligence and product liability by starbucks and pactive packaging which provides the cups and lids the 24 year old's attorney claims that both starbucks and pactive packaging knew there was a problem with the lids citing 80 complaints a day about defects from employees
1: jesus yeah
0: so we got another hot coffee situation on our hands, only this time it's hot tea that he was spilling, girl. <laughs> um, yeah, so I just find that really interesting that that broke this week when we just got done talking about Kramer's Java World situation. And by the way, the, the those lids at... I don't know what they were doing in 2018, but the new, like, sippable yeah. lids, like, those pop off so easily if you, like, just give a little squeeze to the cup side. I mean, that thing is... <laughs> You can't carry it by the lid for sure. That that would be a death sentence. Well, I mean,
1: but. yeah, if you're, I mean, not to bring it back to him, but if you're Jonah Hill and you always carry it by the lid, it's always going to fall <laughs> off. Don't yeah, carry yeah. it by the goddamn lid. It's not meant to be carried <laughs> by the lid.
0: I will say that if you get a hot drink, that lid is, I think that lid is pretty secure. I wouldn't carry it by the lid again, <laughs> but but the the plastic ones that you get like nitro cold brew or the yeah. iced coffee and like those pop off immediately. <laughs> It's crazy. You just look at them and they just fly off. It's nuts. And uh, the one final bit uh, of of news I wanted to mention, I'm hoping, Ted, that when you logged into Newman's Mail Sack today with that old password, there was a Jason Alexander cameo waiting for us.
1: Uh, there was not. Ah! Damn it. I know. Although, like, 650
0: bucks. That's, I'd say that's, um, especially because a, it was only so Jason Alexander was on cameo, which by the way we made happen because we've been talking about it for the past couple weeks. Jason Alexander was on cameo for 24 hours, and he uh, his cost to request him was 650 dollars, and it was going. Uh, it was a Biden fundraiser. It was a Joe Biden fundraiser. So all of that taken into account, plus Jason Alexander is you know still a giant star and part of the you know I mean Seinfeld fans I'm sure made up the bulk of the the purchasers. I'd say that's a, a like a perfect price point right there because a the urgency and b you know looking at other cameo prices on there I'm like mm-hmm. some people are overpriced but I think that's right where it should be
1: yes but like the thing is and I mean this is um th- th- this can actually be brought around to wrestling because if you charge less for your cameos more people will buy them driving up the demand and i mean there are a couple minute videos anyway meaning you will raise more money for the thing you are trying to do like mm-hmm. uh looking in the lens of wrestling roman reigns is one of the the biggest stars in the wwe today right he's mm-hmm. on cameo at five hundred dollars per video and mm-hmm. and he only does like maybe one minute videos right mm, however mm. much smaller in, in name level guy by goes by the name of big e charges 125 dollars for his videos i i think he's um here let me uh he is yeah he's not even on like the top 10 most expensive i think he's only 125 but mm-hmm. the thing is he brought in sixty-two thousand dollars on cameo. Roman Reigns doesn't even break that top ten. Oh wait, no, he's number five at eighteen thousand. So hmm. sixty-two thousand versus eighteen thousand because you wanted to charge more because of your ego.
0: I think here's what I or not to, ego. Yeah,
1: I guess I don't know. Maybe because probably like, partly
0: ego. I mean, but partly like price yourself. If you uh, like, who knows if he even likes doing them? You know, like that's true. But they're you know, a minute or two who are, long. Like, one of the, yeah, one of the great. Like, I mean, this is the biggest, this is the biggest, like, like George
1: you... Costanza thing that he could have done. He's like, I want to raise some money for the Biden campaign,
0: <laughs> but I don't want to do any work for it. Yeah, it was only 24 hours. So, I mean, if he had placed himself at, like, 125, I mean, how many of those can you – I'm sure he didn't want to sit around doing cameos all day. And like, and if you're that last guy that paid 125 for Jason Alexander's cameo after he had already done, like, 60,000 of them, like,
1: hey, it's, <laughs> it's Jason Alexander. I,
0: I, I want to thank you for donating. <laughs> <to the laughs> like, uh, great, yeah, like oh, yeah, I was in the pool. yeah here's another one of my great (laughs) cash (laughs) races yeah so I I think it was probably yeah the the time limit more than anything that probably drove up that you know it's like hey this is only going to be available for 24 hours so you know 650 bucks
1: I guess I don't know I've seen
0: people who are way overpriced where I'm like what and I guess it's maybe like lots of sports figures you know where I'm like who is this guy charging three hundred bucks? I got never even heard of him, but I guess you know he's probably a big deal in his circle of fame. But oh well, so may, maybe he's just taking a while with his request. You know, you can request him, and they have a week to fill it. So uh, maybe next week we'll come to you with a Jason Alexander cameo to play about how much he <laughs> loves no hugging, no learning. And thank you to our mysterious benefactor, whoever bought that. <laughs> and I think that's all I have all right if you
1: have never listened to us before we are not a research heavy show despite us currently being 28 minutes into our episode talking about research uh we like to have our questions come up naturally in the run of the episode as though it's, it's just stream of consciousness if we miss anything if we egregiously skip over anything please send us an email send us a tweet at no hugging or no hugging no learning show at gmail.com both of those links are in the description or in the show description page on apple podcasts if you like what you hear please gives a five-star rating and a written review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts that accepts ratings, and we will send you a no-hugging, no-learning holographic sticker free of charge. We just need your mailing address. Uh, Again, you can DM us that or you can email it to us. Uh, That being said, Season 7, Episode 4, The Wink. Original air date October uh, October twelfth nineteen ninety five. I was two years nine months and twenty two days old. And Tim, if you count this episode and every other episode we have left, we've got sixty three episodes until we become a. uh, Have we become a cameo podcast yet?
0: I don't think so. Maybe we we might have mentioned that before, but
1: we're gonna have to have a huge budget to just like review cameos. Each yeah, yeah. Week.
0: buy cameos and then yeah.
1: <laughs> or I wonder if we could get like a partnership with Cameo to give us like free cameo codes, if that's a thing.
0: Yeah, they've they've gotta do I wonder I wonder if they do cameo gift certificates. That sort of defeats the purpose of like
1: <laughs> cameo you know, gift buy your own. I don't know who
0: you like, buy your own damn cameo. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, it'd be a smart business model just to offer that because, like, parents could get it. Here you go. Buy one of your vape influencer cameos. Oh, God. Uh, Thanks, Grandma. (laughs) I don't know. I always forget which vape influencer you love. (laughs) So, yeah, but I I don't want a partnership with Cameo because I I want to be willing to, I want to be able to trash them and I'd feel, Mm, you know, a conflict of interest there.
1: That's true.
0: All right. So this idea is already flawed. (laughs) Well, we just Uh, need a great Patreon.
1: (laughs) Well,. Uh, Okay, so if you are looking in the TV guide uh, the night of October 12th, 1995, you are going to see an uncontrollable wink creates problems for George and Kramer.
0: And just like the last episode, but not the previous three, we start with stand-up, and it's about how waking up is kind of like being born. Uh, You can't see, you're having trouble walking, and so on, and how the snooze alarm is only for pathetic losers, according to Jerry.
1: (laughs) Yeah, like he says, uh, "Yeah, we should just sell it with an unemployment application and a bottle of tequila and make it a complete loser kit."
0: Jeez. God damn. Yeah, that's a little harsh, you know, especially considering, especially coming from somebody who probably, you know, stays up very late and does not wake up with an alarm. Unless Jerry's one of those old men by now that just like gets up for no reason, you know, oh, even probably. if he don't have to. probably. He he's probably yeah.
1: up at 5:15 every morning.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he does Reading that like paper.
1: he does that like dad stare out the window at nothing.
0: Yeah, yeah, that and and then when everybody else starts waking up, oh, you missed the best part of the day. <laughs> <laughs> you missed the best part of the day. What are you doing sleeping in? Uh, we open at Elaine's, and she is being awoken by a wake-up service at seven fifteen. And the wake-up service guy starts hitting on Elaine, and she is kind of <laughs> into it. And his name is James. This was
1: so weird, and like, I mean, kind of off-putting. It's like, oh yeah, uh, lady with a voice like yours, you probably it's it's probably unusual for you to wake up alone or something like that. I'm like, sir, it is seven fifteen
0: yeah that's yeah and you're a professional you know i mean <laughs> this is how many, your job like how many women does he do that to i've got to think <laughs> and it's like you already know their phone number like you already probably know so much about them like it's just weird it's stalkerish um but it works on elaine <laughs> it's weird and stalkerish but it works <laughs> <laughs> um over at Monks, Jerry, George, and Elaine are talking about Elaine going out with this guy and a uh, blind date versus a deaf date, which, you know, Jerry wants to go on because th- he's going on a blind date, but Elaine is going on a deaf date. No, Elaine's going on a blind date. Jerry would be going on a deaf date because he hasn't heard Elaine's cousin Holly's voice, but he wants to go out with her. And they talk about whether that would be which one's better. But then Jerry turns out into whether you'd rather date the blind or the deaf. And Jerry says he'd rather date the deaf because the blind would be messy. There's no way they're going to get all the crumbs that they leave, and so uh, that would irk him. By the way, remember Jerry did date a deaf woman.
1: Oh, that's true. uh, A long time
0: ago, Marley Matlin. Yeah, I didn't look up the episode number, but he has experience, uh, at least with one side of this argument. And George says he would date a blind woman because they wouldn't know that you're not good enough for them. You could let yourself go. You could let the house go. (laughs) And I loved loved that because Elaine's like, I think she'd figure it out,
1: <laughs> and maybe which
0: is a great dig at George. That's that's very true,
1: and, and maybe it's just me being an able-bodied man saying this. I'm surprised at how non problematic this got. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, I, I think you're right. Like for, for being 1995 and saying who would you rather date a blind person or a deaf person? I'm like, as soon as Jerry said that, I'm like, oh god, we're getting into this early, aren't we? <laughs>
0: yeah, I, th- I think it did land okay. Uh, And by the way, a blind person dating uh, people with sight does come into play in a very funny Curb Your Enthusiasm storyline from a very early season, um, I want to say. So it's something that Larry David went back to later on, blind people Hmm, dating uh, and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, Jerry gets a vegetable sandwich and grapefruit because I guess he's trying to (laughs) eat healthy. This does seem to be a new habit for Jerry, right? Yeah. We haven't seen this yet. Yeah, and he digs into the grapefruit, and it squirts George in the eye. Over <laughs> at Yankee Stadium, George's boss, Mr. Wil- Wilhelm, is looking for George's, I guess, supervisor, Mr. Morgan. I think it goes, Costanza, Morgan, Wilhelm, we've kind of decided. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mr. Morgan's been coming in later and later, and he asks him if there's something wrong, and and George <laughs> winks, and he's like, Cause if there's a problem, you could tell me. He's like, no, no problem, and then he winks again. And Mil- Wilhelm sort of like gives him a knowing nod, and George is really clueless about, yeah, he has no idea what's going on <laughs> about the interaction uh, over in the apartment, Superman is still on the fridge and bookcase. We're still tracking it in season seven. Jerry still can't believe that Elaine's going on a blind date because there's no way that this guy can be good looking because he's Jerry says four to six percent of the population are good looking. <laughs> I feel and- like, I
1: feel like that's a very low estimate. <laughs>
0: I, I I'm with you. I'm probably more with Elaine than like twenty-five percent. I think she her number was twenty-five percent, right? Yeah,
1: and, and like Jerry if Jerry thinks it's four to six percent, out of everyone he thinks is attractive, <laughs> it, it out of that four to six percent, then ten percent of that are actually dateable because they don't have some ridiculous quirk <laughs> about them.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I might land with Jerry if he says, like, four to 6% of people in the world are New York tens, you know? Mm, Okay. Is is that what he was trying to say? Like,
1: because uh, maybe it's just, like, uh, attractive on, like, the New York scale, according to Jerry? I I don't know. But if he's saying, like, if four to 6% are the slightest bit of attractive, By, baseline by, attractive. By any measure of beauty in the entire world, <laughs> then then that's pretty restrictive.
0: Yeah. I mean, even if he qualified it as like, I'm only attracted to 4 to 6% of women that I see, I would say, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine.
1: Yeah. But he's saying like, no. <laughs> not, he's
0: not, saying not objectively.
1: objectively. Objective beauty. <laughs> There's only 4 to 6% of people in the entire world that are attractive. That, that and That's I, just a rule.
0: And I love the extension of <laughs> the the superficiality of this conversation by Elaine saying that, so you're saying that 95% of the population is undateable. And Jerry says, undateable. Um, <laughs> but so that means like, there's no other if you're not attractive, there's no other redeeming quality that would make you dateable. I guess. Yeah. But like he even <laughs> says,
1: like Elaine comes back and she's like 6 percent he's like, Have you ever had like went down to the DMV? It's like a leper colony.
0: I use that leper colony line. I've stolen that. Have you ever, really? The first the first time I heard it, I love anytime I have to describe a a situation where a lot of people like I'll I'll use leper colony in, in so many situations. Uh yeah, I I loved it. I love it. Uh, but yeah, and then she's like, well, how are all these people getting together? And Jerry goes, alcohol, <laughs> which is <damn>. probably apt. <laughs> uh. <laughs> By the way, Elaine's eating snack wells. Did you notice the famous green? No, box? I did. not You ah, uh. got a great shot of it. Yeah. And, and now I'm like, was this because you I think you hypothesized it might be product placement. I was like, yeah, but the, the rabbi kind of uh, badmouths it. But then now Elaine is eating snack wells and enjoying them in this episode. So maybe it was product placement. <laughs> George is still winking and he comes in and, and he's winking and and we get another great George line here where George is like you, you know, I, I still have this in my eye. There's probably some pulp in there. And uh, Jerry goes, Pulp won't fly that far. And George goes, Pulp can move, baby. <laughs> and George realizes his weird wink, because he was winking at Elaine. Elaine's like, What are you doing? Stop winking at me. And he's like, Oh my God. That's why Wilhelm was acting so weird when he was talking about Mr. Morgan, because he was George was winking at him. Uh, Kramer comes in and Jerry calls him Jughead and Kramer, you know, sort of uh, uh, latches on to the riff and calls Jerry Archie and Elaine Veronica and George, Mr. Weatherby, (laughs) 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 which is another hilarious dig at George. Um, And probably this whole joke was just written on the fact that George does kind of look like Mr. Weatherby from the old Archie comics. Are you familiar, Ted?
1: I am not, actually. (laughs) The only the only Archie thing I'm familiar with is Riverdale. Is there a Mr. Weatherby in Riverdale? I've no idea. I don't okay. I don't watch it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, yeah, you're just familiar with it. I'm familiar yeah, with
1: it. A, Grace watched like the first two seasons and then it just got so cringy,
0: she said. It always those teen those angsty teen dramas always do, they always have to up the ante because they blow everything in, in the first couple seasons and they're mm-hmm. like, "All right, what are they going to do now?" I mean, Glee suffered from the same thing. I was like, "All right, we've got to really dig into the well of social uh subjects, you know, <laughs> like really start Uh, yeah. Just go for the most obscure stuff. Uh, one day maybe we'll enter the mainstream. Although I gotta say, because of Kramer's, because of um, Jerry's hair, I see him more as a Reggie than an Archie. I know he's the main character, but I would have said Reggie (laughs) uh, over Archie. Uh, so Kramer sees George's interoffice memo, uh, that he was handed in the office by Mr. Wilhelm earlier, and it has Don Mattingly's signature. It has Buck Showalter's signature, and Kramer's like, "Let me take this to Stubbs." He runs a sports memorabilia shop, and and George says, oh, yeah, I'm going to risk my job with the New York Yankees so I can make a few extra bucks. Wink. And Kramer <laughs> goes, yeah, of course not. Uh, and somehow he does – I don't know how he made it out of the apartment after that. He figured just – he just left right then, and George didn't notice he was still holding the envelope. I, I guess I, that's must of what happened.
1: I guess, but, like, the last time we see Kramer and George both in the, en- in the, uh, in the apartment, George is looking – at Kramer, <laughs> holding the envelope. Did, did George turn around? Did did Kramer just leave with the envelope in plain
0: sight? Yeah, right. And then George go. did, did he just take that envelope? Did, I got to run after him. Did Jerry and Elaine do nothing to stop Kramer? <laughs> yeah, it, it seems like it. Because he does end up at Collector's Universe uh, in the next scene. Um, which uh, we I, I found a lot of information about Collector's Universe. It seems to have been a real place uh, at 124 East 40th Street, the address is right there on the on the sign in the window. We get a uh, there's a, a cardboard stand up of Shaquille O'Neal wearing number 32 from the Orlando Magic. So I guess that's pretty uh, uh, you know on time for for where we are. Uh, there's Spider Man, so a Marvel crossover with Jerry Seinfeld's DC universe, <laughs> uh, and they advertise celebrity autograph photos. And here's some of the names that I saw on the list of celebrities that they offer at Collector's Universe. Eric Clapton. That's number one. They open with Eric Clapton. Oh, boy. That's I not know. a good sign. I know. <laughs> well, wait Do you hear some more of these names. I mean, I don't know where they were in 95, but number two is Elton John. Okay. I probably would have flip-flopped those if, if I had to. Uh, I didn't see who the third one was, but number four is Cindy Crawford. Then Tom Cruise. Then Tom Hanks. Those are... I mean, Tom Cruise got to be number one. <laughs>
1: Yeah, why is Eric Clapton number 1?
0: Yeah, no no idea. Like, it's not alphabetical. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Um
1: that's a weird order.
0: Yeah, after Tom Hanks is Jack Nicholson, who there's a, a poster of Jack Nicholson in The Shining sort of uh, tacked onto this other poster, then a name I also couldn't make out, then Mel Gibson who came up on the show. I feel like, "Oh wait, we wait, were we talking about Mel Gibson? I might have been thinking of something else. I don't think we were talking I, about Mel Gibson." I don't Mel think Gibson. we were. Uh, but Mel Gibson's on there, so again, Giant and ninety-five. Um, yeah, Jack Nicholson, maybe even I would have put, I would have given top billing. But um, there was also a store called Collector's Universe at 30, uh, 31 West 46th Street. Both of these places are closed now. So, but the aw- here's the crazy thing: the awning next door is still there on Google Maps. It says like uh, you see the end of a street sign. I think it says Lexington Avenue or something like that. So that exact same awning is still there, but mm-hmm. Collector's Universe is not there. It is now Concord Hair Salon. Uh, yeah. Uh, so Stubbs is not interested in the envelope because it's an inter-office envelope, and it's like not that interesting looking. But inside is a birthday card signed by the entire Yankees organization. And now we've got something, according to <laughs> Stubbs. Uh, over in the stadium, Mr. and Mrs. Morgan are in George's office, uh, and Mr. Morgan is looking for that card he needs to sign. And George doesn't know. You know he does, George doesn't have the card for him to sign. And, and Mr. Morgan's like, "All right, well, make sure it's here." I'm, I'm going to my massage, and George goes, "Right, your massage." Wink, and the <laughs> wife notices the massage and looks shockingly at George, and then back at her husband.
1: <laughs> okay, at, at this point, at this point, does George know that Kramer has the envelope and the
0: card? I I don't think so. It doesn't seem like it. Okay. Unless he's playing it really cool. I oh, mean, I... <laughs> he must, I guess. But he seems shocked later when when he had... I don't know. Maybe he just was going to see how much... like, Let Kramer's little thing play out and see how much it's worth. And then
1: maybe. when he gets
0: it back... Maybe like, right. that's
1: right. Okay.
0: Yeah, he couldn't track him down or something. I feel like there's a deleted scene here we're missing where he goes, Did Kramer leave with that... <laughs> idiot all right well when he comes back with it I, you know i'm gonna tell him not to sell it but it'll be interesting to know how much it's worth you know or whatever
1: yeah i feel like that would um that would make this a little easier to transition scene to scene
0: yeah yeah definitely it, it would have answered a, a lot of questions i feel like over at monk's where i guess elaine is having her first date yeah
1: i <laughs> what why why here why in the daytime i, I guess that the daytime would be a good like lunch brunch date maybe i don't know but 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 she meets james and she's relieved that he's good looking like she even does the uh, the exasperated like brow wipe
0: yeah i wrote down james is 90s good looking <laughs> <laughs> didn't he have like 90s hunk vibe oh like yeah, the, yeah yeah <laughs> Something about, it. I think it was mostly the hair, but I was like, <laughs> I had to put his 90s, not just good looking, when, his 90s good was looking Was his
1: shirt tucked in too?
0: I want to say yes. Okay. Yeah, I was, like I was, a nice that, belted that, pair of jeans. That, that,
1: that's a very, very 90s, <laughs> 90s good looking guy vibe.
0: Yeah, yeah. Kind of like a rugby style Yeah, series. yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, over at the old Homestead Steakhouse, which is still there at 56 Ninth Avenue and thank goodness it's still there because it is the oldest continuously operating steakhouse not just in New York like the sign says but in the whole United States oh god yeah it's been open since 1868 do they still
1: have the fattest cow I've ever seen on top of their sign the
0: cow is still there yes The giant awning is not there anymore. The, like, big neon thing that says giant home, you know, old Uh, homestead, oldest steakhouse. Yeah. But the cow is still there. That cow was a gift from a Texan who, I guess, traveled to New York a lot, and it was his favorite steakhouse. And he said to the owner, I'm going to send you a cow. And then that's the cow that he sent, (laughs) and they put it out front. (laughs) Yeah.
1: If if somebody says, I'm going to send you a cow, I'm not expecting it to be, like, a giant, like... (laughs) plastic or porcelain cow, you know?
0: Yeah, especially a Texan. I'd be expecting an actual cow. Yeah, I'd be expecting like a live, like a, a livestock shipment. <laughs> so this is the kind of place, like this is a typical New York style steakhouse because I clicked on the menu and there are no prices. Ooh. But I was able to... Yeah, they are open for outdoor dining right now, okay. as a lot of restaurants are trying to do in the, in the middle of the pandemic. And so I was able to download the current outdoor menu and... These prices are, you know, not shocking for New York. A sirloin is going to be like forty-eight bucks. The fillet is fifty-six dollars. I feel like this is probably very middle of the road. You know? Yeah, I think so. Until you get to this is the steakhouse that they say is responsible for bringing Japanese waigu beef to the United States. Like they had to work with Japanese farmers in order to bring their farms to code with the FDA so that they could import this meat. Mm-hmm. The twelve ounce. Twelve ounce wagyu Japanese steak is three hundred fifty dollars. Holy shit! <laughs> yes, yeah.
1: Oh my god!
0: I know. I want it. Yeah, another bucket list item. Would you rather have a wrestler cameo from your favorite wrestler or a twelve ounce wagyu steak?
1: <laughs> give me the steak. I don't. I don't. <laughs> yeah. I don't give a shit.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, when I when I compare a three hundred fifty dollar cameo to a three hundred fifty dollar steak, I'm going to land on the steak every time.
1: Yeah, because I mean. That's it's going to be a story at the end of the day, you know? Like, oh, I ate at the old homestead and ate a $350 steak versus, oh, yeah, I paid $350 and got this uh, minute-and-a-half video for my favorite wrestler. Yeah. Like, everyone's just going to look at you at that point and, like, why would you do that?
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I will say the one thing on Cameo side is the video will last forever. You know, the steak is only going to be a, a story and a memory. But I still remember the best steak I've <laughs> ever had. And so if this is as good as i can tell you where it was walker's drive-in at in uh, jackson mississippi in Mm, fondren okay highly recommended if you're ever down there it it, it was like eating a cloud made of meat so the fact that that made an impression on me like i'd I'd probably still go with the the steak
1: i'll tell you what uh the the best steak i've ever had was not at a steakhouse it was not i the, the the most expensive steak i've ever had was at jack's steakhouse that used to be owned by robert irvine the um Huh. yeah, uh, we ate there in New York City. I think I told you about this. I think I even said it on the podcast. I ate like $120 worth of food like just myself. Oh wow, yeah. Uh but the best steak I ever had was cooked by my uncle and served to me on a paper plate. Nice. Yeah, and nothing huh. better. <laughs> it, it was uh it was it was a fillet that he got uh grilled out. Like he took like 4 hours to prepare this thing. Dang. It was incredible.
0: Yeah, I bet. Um uh, bread is $8 at this at the old homestead. <laughs> <laughs> if you just want bread, they're not just going to bring you bread. You got to pay $8. Uh the burger is like 27 bucks. A Kobe burger is $45. So, um you know, you're you're paying New York prices unless you unless you want that wagyu, then you're paying you're paying God knows what. Um and it might have also so it's at the same address, 56 Ninth Avenue, but the brick exterior is not white anymore like it is in, in this episode of Seinfeld. It's now an actual brick exterior but there is a white building next to it. It looks like it might have been cut in half like maybe they sold part of their building and, and moved just into half of it. I don't know. It, it looks different, uh, I'll say. So if you are going to hmm. gonna head to the old homestead don't look for the giant neon awning but look <laughs> for the cow. Look for the cow. Look for the famous cow. Uh, Jerry's on a date there. I guess with Elaine's cousin. It's not. It wasn't made in, entirely clear at the beginning when elaine was like you want to go out with my cousin that he would be doing that that night you know yeah (laughs) i mean were you confused by this a little bit yeah it it took a minute to for me to catch up to where the show was but it is holly and jerry's like um well you know i'm not really a meat eater because she can't believe he's never been to the old homestead and I, i love where she's like you're not one of those and he stops her like no i'm i'm not one of those. Like they won't even say vegetarian in yeah, like, in the it, old homestead.
1: It, was it was it this taboo in '95 being a vegetarian? Not taboo, but it was still a punchline. I'll say. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, it was
0: I mean, like, it, oh god, like vegetarians are less masculine, especially you know vegetarian men are less masculine. Okay.
1: And, I mean, yeah. it, it, in 2020, it's still a very lazy punchline. Still a punchline, but a lazy one.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, there's there's so many. You know, actual like all menus have vegetarian options now. It's just, yeah. It wasn't as mainstream as a, as it is now in '95. It was still a weird thing that you had to go out of your way, and you really had to make an effort to be a vegetarian. Like now, there's much less effort involved. Okay. Same with the joke. Much less effort involved in making a vegetarian <laughs> joke. <laughs> just just reference your favorite conservative comedian if you want. Uh, some. <laughs> <God>. But but, <laughs> but now, um, you know, but vegan's probably the punchline. You know.
1: Uh, even like even, that, exercise, even that yeah. is incredibly lazy at this point.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Because there are just as many concessions and, and made for vegans. These yeah, days. yeah. Uh, Holly says that Grandma Mima would take us here as kids. She'd take us to a matinee and would take she take you to a place with a fifty six dollar steak as a kid. God. What a waste of money, Grandma Mima. <laughs> yeah, how much? How much is their kids' meal? Thirty five. Thirty yeah, really? five dollars, <laughs> and oh it's like a, a
1: little tiny burger slider and French fries.
0: I guess Grandma Mima was loaded.
1: She must have been. I mean, looking at some of the uh, decorum she had later on yeah. that uh, that Holly took from her after she died, it, it looks like she had some money.
0: Yeah, and, and Elaine never liked Grandma Emma so Holly's not surprised she never mentioned her. Holly orders a big old steak, and Jerry's looking for something lighter. Uh, I love that he asks, like, how is the, uh, you know, what do you have besides steak? And he says, like, lamb ribs or something like that. And lamb like, chops. The- lamb chops and he's like how is the uh chicken prepared he's like it's a whole bird (laughs) oh this sounded
1: so good he's like it's a it's a full bird stuffed with ham topped with gorgonzola like give it to me
0: oh christ and then jerry goes you know what i'll just have a salad and (laughs) the waiter and holly are disgusted but the waiter especially gives jerry like
1: Oh yeah, he uh. he gives him like the full-on side eye,
0: <laughs> and then just a salad echoes in Jerry's head. Just a salad, just a salad, just a salad. <laughs> uh, out on the street, James is is leaving with Elaine, and maybe they were just meeting at Monks as kind of like a meeting location where it'd be easy to get out of before they went on on their actual date, I guess. Um, and James has two dogs, and Elaine has PTSD from. <laughs> the dog episode and the dog napping incident and the dogs like are just barking at elaine and james is like that's weird they're normally really friendly
1: yeah actually that thought of just meeting at monks to like go walk around makes sense because the dogs are just tied onto a parking meter
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) and like not even in front of monks it seemed like they had to walk down the street it it
1: seems like they were a good ways away
0: yeah yeah (laughs) They're in front of the um, electronic shop that we see a lot on this uh, street set. And and that's probably because they don't have a monk's exterior. You know, they can't because that's actually in New York and they're in L.A. But it is weird. I mean, you figure like, hey, we're going to build a big street set. Like, oh, can you build something that says restaurant out front? And, can, yeah. And can you
1: build can- something that looks like this, like <laughs> is in the background at least?
0: yeah and then other shows can use it fine like oh there's that there's that Seinfeld restaurant or whatever <laughs> like it just don't make it a focal point you know but nope uh yeah, l- I think it, literally if
1: it was just something on a corner that had a blue sign like that would be all you need
0: yeah yeah that would that would be fine uh over at Yankee Stadium Morgan Mr. Morgan never made it to his massage because he got in a fight with his wife over it and she thinks it's some for some reason more than a massage yeah George yeah D- did you catch what he does here no. He as he's saying this, he kind of
1: does the jerk off motion with his oh hand.
0: Oh my gosh. I did not notice that.
1: Yeah. I'm like I, I took it back and watched it. I'm like, wait, did he just oh sure enough gosh. he does
0: <laughs> That's funny. Uh um, like, I'm, su- yeah, I'm surprised if we didn't know what he would mean by yeah, more oh, than a massage. Oh,
1: for sure. But like I- I'm surprised <laughs> that made it onto primetime network TV.
0: Yeah, he must have. I missed it. I mean, he must have done it nonchalantly enough that it it could have just looked like him shrugging his shoulders or something. You know, I don't know. Uh, and he's like, I guess I'm sleeping on the couch tonight. And George is like, Well, yeah, well, don't be late because you know Wilhelm has noticed that you're showing up later and later. So he gives him Elaine's wake up service, and still no birthday card though Mm-mm. Uh, for Mr. Morgan to sign. Over in Jerry's apartment, Jerry and Elaine. Are talking about uh, Elaine's date, and she is this where she brings up that the dogs might gossip with each other, and they know that Elaine tried to dog nap this other dog. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love that concept that like, yeah, and they, and they explore it in such hilarious ways that like other dogs have told uh, uh, other dogs that Elaine is not a friend of dogs. <laughs> uh, and also, Holly thought it was strange for a man to order a salad, and jerry yells like a quiche thing
1: yeah um what
0: i don't know i i guess we'll have to write it down for homework and see what he meant by that like a quiche thing i love yeah. a good
1: quiche
0: yeah quiche is awesome it's <laughs> eggs yeah. and and pie it's <laughs> it's everything and meat there's often meat in there yeah i, I love it
1: like a we we go to this coffee shop up here that does a, a quiche lorraine. It's literally just like bacon and Swiss cheese oh, in yes. a like a cake of egg in a pie crust. What is there not to love?
0: I know, and, and a slice of quiche is never enough. Like I can eat easily an entire quiche sized pie. Oh,
1: I think so. Pie size <laughs> sized pie. quiche. A quiche sized pie. Pie sized pie. Or a pie sized
0: quiche. Yeah, I, I feel like be... I
1: definitely could.
0: Yeah. Um, and women don't respect salad eaters is what Jerry says to Elaine. And she says, yeah, something like that. And Elaine is going to dinner over at Holly's and Jerry is like, all right, maybe I can redeem myself. She's like, What's she making? And I love this line from Elaine. I don't know, but I'm sure it had parents. <laughs> 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 and this is where I, that's the first line that I really started laughing out. I feel like this episode was. The first half was really set up and the second half was really all punchlines, like paying off all of the things they set up in the first half. The first half, I was like, man, this episode is not as good as I remember. And then from this point on, I was like, oh, I love it. Definitely backloaded. Yeah, yeah, because after this, there are like three amazing scenes in a row. Um, in the next scene, George is relieved. He's he's knocking on Kramer's door. He He's relieved that... Kramer still has the envelope and he looks inside and there's $100 in there and that was George's cut of the birthday card sale. Kramer unloaded the birthday card for $200 and Stubbs already sold it to a kid in a hospital or a dad whose kid is in the hospital and (laughs) this is another this is again where I cracked up again and George is like, well get it back! Wink! (laughs) And Kramer's like, look, do you want me to get it back or what? And he holds his eyes open and yells, get it back! (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was I thought that was hilarious because Kramer was like, "What you told me to sell it with the wink," and he was like, "You." I I, I thought that was so funny. He was like, <laughs> "We'll get it back." Wink. <laughs> uh, over at Holly's, Grandma Mima's napkins are out. Is that are these about the napkins? Yeah, no, I guess they're about she, the napkins.
1: Uh, Elaine's talking about just like the place setting. So I'm, I'm yeah, guessing like the, the plates and may, maybe the the tablecloth as well, the silverware.
0: Yeah, and, and Holly's like, oh, these are Grandma Mimas. Um I'm not surprised you didn't see them. They she only brought them out for special occasions. <laughs> God
1: damn. Yeah, and Elaine even says, she's like, what, my family coming over wasn't a special occasion. <laughs> so I'm guessing that it was uh what, like a,
0: a a distant cousin would be Holly then? I guess Elaine could have I mean, we've met Elaine's dad. He's a he's a um a bristly guy. So for him to have you know cut off or at least turned away or turned off some of his brothers and sisters or at least one of his brother or (laughs) sister is not out of the realm of possibility
1: true or or the fact like they could always just associate with maybe the uh her her mother's family and this could be like her father's mother maybe i or elaine's
0: dad elaine's father's mom maybe yeah because well, we haven't met elaine's mom she might be nice and have a nice i'm thinking mom. is is elaine's dad mom, the Emma.
1: is elaine's dad the only member of elaine's family we've met yeah okay
0: yeah i don't know if she like everybody else in the show like every so often they've mentioned like oh my sister and my brother and then we never meet them mm-hmm. and they sort of disappear from existence and memory i don't know if she's ever mentioned anything like that i feel like she has though like oh my sister is going to do that or my sister's dating somebody. I feel like she does have a moment like that, that I'm I'm forgetting. Um but as far as yeah, whether whether Holly is from her mom's side or her dad's side, I don't know, but it could be yeah, in in which case I'd imagine that Elaine is the distant cousin and Holly is more closely related to Grandma Mimma. But it sounds like Grandma Mimma is Elaine's grandma too.
1: That's true.
0: So it can't be two it's gotta be it's gotta be first cousins. Maybe, yeah. But for some reason, Grandma Mima did not like Elaine's family on one side or another. Maybe it was, um, you know, maybe it was a, a thing where she didn't like her son-in-law or daughter-in-law, depending on you know if Grandma mm. Mima didn't like who her offspring married. That might have caused a rift that meant the special occasion China did not come out when they visited. Um, we just don't know. <laughs> uh, and uh, Holly has made mutton. And I love Jerry's line here. I hope they. I hope you didn't cut the fat off. <laughs> it's like really playing up the fact that he's he's uh, uh you know a meat eater to the core. Uh, over at the hospital, uh, Bobby is the kid in the hospital, and he has the greeting card already in a frame, and so it does look great. And Kramer tells him that Paul O'Neill will hit a home run for him, uh, and Bobby asks for two home runs. And this is this is another. Again, I cracked up at this line too. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what. Okay, I'll get Apollo needle to hit two home runs, but then you got to do something for me. I know. Get out of this hospital bed and walk someday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be great, but I need the card. God damn. (laughs) Kramer just totally brushes it (laughs) off. Yeah, yeah. That'd be great, but I really need this card. (laughs) I know. I'll get get
1: out of this bed one day and I'll walk again. Like, yeah, sure, kid. Whatever. (laughs)
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I actually need this card. <laughs> <laughs> Look,
1: just, just this piece of paper is fine. You, you don't got to do that. <laughs>
0: I don't care if you never walk again. <laughs> uh, uh, over at Holly's, they're looking at more Mima memorabilia uh, that she's got all over the place. Jerry, meanwhile, is spitting mutton into the napkins and stashing them in his jacket. And I think this is where um, Jerry said, uh, you know, uh, Holly's like, oh, I'm so glad you like my mutton. And he's, got, he's like, oh, salad's got nothing on this mutton. Yeah. And then he talks about how that's a joke he took from his butcher.
1: <laughs> and, and, like, I, I think it's at this point, Holly's like, and, and she says it like this, too. I was afraid you only ate salad. Like, <laughs> why, why does she whisper salad? Like, yeah. uh, is there is there a vegetarian living with her that will be, like, super <laughs> offended by by Jerry?
0: Yeah, she can't even say it out loud. She can't. She She can't
1: fathom (laughs) the idea of vegetarians existing, so she has to whisper the word salad.
0: Yeah, it's at this point I get a little try-hardy vibe from her where, you know, it's the same kind of vibe that, uh, this is going to sound so awful, but when, when, I'll just say when someone, I I won't say when, I, I won't make this just about women, even though you can probably tell that I'm thinking that way, but like, about when women talk about sports and you can tell like they're just they're 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 not really into it you know their heart's not it's, it's when anybody talks about anything dispassionately mm-hmm. to try to fit into another group I mean, or becomes or, or or act like something that they're not I mean yeah that that can be about anybody it's not it's not gender
1: exclusive
0: yeah yeah it's like w- w- if you talk about anything cuz you try to make yourself into this thing like oh if i i'm going to be the i'm going to be the person that likes <laughs> I, this I've- i'm going to be the woman who likes meat or the woman who likes sports or the guy who likes books or whatever. Yeah.
1: I've done this before.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. That's how how I'm I'm so I I can identify it so well. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. It's like, all right. You're like, all right. Part of my personality is now going to be that I like this thing that is uh, obscure or not or that people who are like me don't often like. And then you and then it never really takes, you know, so you have to kind of fake it. Um, But you never make it. (laughs) <laughs> um, and Elaine so Elaine wants to go and I guess it's gotten cold so she wants to take Jerry's jacket which she has been stuffing all the mutton in and I like as Elaine leaves she says thanks for mutton <laughs> that was good that was a good line <laughs> that was awesome uh, and Elaine out on the street is being followed by dogs who and she's telling him oh, you know don't believe what you hear I really like dogs you know still thinking that all yeah. the dogs have had a <laughs> dog meeting and have decided to hassle Elaine because of what she did <laughs> Uh, Holly, meanwhile, back in her apartment, she notices she's missing a bunch of napkins. Not, not even a bunch.
1: She says two napkins are missing. Two napkins. She's missing not even a bunch. two napkins.
0: Yeah, and she's like, oh, I bet Elaine took them." She's probably having a good laugh about this. Meanwhile, cut to Elaine being chased down the street by a pack of angry dogs or hungry dogs. They're not angry. They want that mutton. Uh, over in james's apartment elaine is seeking refuge from the dogs and she can't go back out because they're just going to find her again so uh she's going to stay the night and james i guess in his apartment he only has a sofa bed and that's where he sleeps and so they're gonna have to sleep head to toe elaine says and just looking around i was like okay the dogs are in the kitchen so that's one of the doors that he kind of points to and then there's two other doors and uh, there's three other doors so he must have like I guess well, this this isn't even a studio cuz the kitchen is a different room. I don't know what you'd call this. So there's like two closets and a bathroom and a kitchen and then he sleeps in that that main room.
1: I I, I guess does he yeah. is he the type of dog person who gives his dogs the bedroom and he sleeps out in the living room?
0: He might. That's he another might. that's another fine theory. Yeah, like the do- there's a dog room and then a <laughs> There's the dog uh, sleeping closet, room. I guess.
1: There's the dog bedroom, and there's the dog <laughs> playroom, and, and the mean, dog kitchen. Meanwhile, I sleep out here on the couch like a little <laughs> like a little boy.
0: Yeah, one of them's got to be a closet, so there is probably the dog room, the kitchen, a closet, and a bathroom. Maybe. Uh, the next morning, Elaine's feet are all over James's face, and this was another hilarious moment to me. First of all, like, you know, God bless that actor for for going through with this. I mean, that's really disgusting. Even if her feet were like just so clean. I mean, that's really, it was a really <laughs> disgusting sight to see. And then she like slaps him awake with her feet, which I yeah. thought was like, Hey, wake up and like slaps but, him with both her feet.
1: But why exactly did they have to sleep head to toe? Like, well,
0: they've only been on one uh, half of a date really. I, and so, you know, sleeping side-by-side side together is <laughs> I, just too much at this point.
1: I guess, but, like, it this looks like a pull-out sofa, not just, like, sleeping on the couch, which I, I could definitely get if they were sleeping yeah. on a couch together. But yeah. it, a pull-out sofa, there's enough room. Like, if you're, room. if you're worried about, like, being too close to the person, you barely know, put pillows between you.
0: Yeah, could have done that, or, like, a, a blanket, rolled-up blanket or something. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why. Um, but everyone you know the, the, he slept in because Elaine's feet were in his face which means that all of his you know it's 830 and she's like don't you have calls to make and he's like I'll make them later and rolls over <laughs> instead of freaking out and, and the camera pans over to his wake-up call list and the number one is Mr. Morgan to wake him up at 630 in the morning
1: well, well we we see M Morgan which I'm guessing the <laughs> M stands for Mr. right? Mr. first name. his first name, <laughs> his Mister.
0: First name is Mr. <laughs> and uh <laughs> And cut to Mr. Morgan still sound asleep on the couch, as he suspected. The
1: return of the smash cut. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Uh, Over at Yankee Stadium, Wilhelm, you know, says that Morgan's going to be gone soon, and George is going to get his job. Uh, Over at Monks, Holly is accusing Elaine of stealing the napkins, and Jerry fesses up. Uh, Holly's not there, but Elaine tells him that, you know, Holly won't leave me alone about these napkins, and Jerry fesses up about spitting meat into the the pockets and uh, and putting them in his pocket and he's like well where is my jacket elaine left it at james's he's like oh you spent the night at james's she was like yeah but we slept head to toe and jerry's like well what difference does that make your genitals are still lined up i thought that was <laughs> hilarious and then this part was like just an awesome capper on the joke like uh no i slept with my back to him and jerry and george give each other a look like <laughs> There's still something lined up. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was great. Uh, over at Yankee Stadium, in the locker room, Paul O'Neill is there, and Kramer comes in, and he tells him about the promise he made to the little kid about hitting two home runs. And Paul thinks he's uh, in, uh, uh, just crazy for doing that because he's not a home run hitter anyway, so two home runs in one <laughs> game is going to be crazy. By the way, I thought Paul O'Neill was a great actor.
1: Yeah, yeah. Good, uh, good um, guest, guest role here. Yeah. Like uh, really good acting why is it so easy for kramer to walk into the locker room
0: <laughs> not only the locker room but the front office later
1: yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah i do like that um you know he's paul's like how'd you get in here anyway <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I, I i did like him adding that in because uh, i mean i have that exact question
0: <laughs> yeah uh, but he, he talks to him, like normally, he's like, "Oh, yeah, well, show sure. oh, a kid in a hospital, I'll do anything." Yeah. And then at the, by the end of the conversation, he's like, "How'd you get in here? Yeah, <laughs> who are the, you? The, the
1: last thing the last thing I want to see with a scene like this is Kramer just waltz into a locker room and have Paul O'Neill go, "Hey, Kramer, how are you doing?" I'm like,, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Th- this is a relationship that needs explored.
0: Yeah, you have to tell us.
1: Like, if if he knows who this guy is, you have to let us know that.
0: (laughs) Over at James's, uh, because of Elaine, James lost all of his 630 clients. Uh, You're telling me, like, all of your clients. Like, what clients do you have that don't have to be up until after 830? Or or nine o'clock whenever you decided to finally get out of bed and call them.
1: Yeah, for real, like
0: he just says his six thirty. Oh, all my six thirty clients—they were the only ones upset about being two hours late.
1: <laughs> the the seven fifteen clients though, they they were totally fine.
0: Oh, they were fine. They needed the, they needed the extra hour fifteen or hour thirty, whatever it ended up being. Uh, and the dogs, meanwhile, are going to town on the jacket, and they find the napkins inside the jacket. Um. And over at the hospital, Kramer and Bobby are watching the Yankees game. And over in Jerry's apartment, Holly shows up. And Paul, as Paul O'Neill hits home run number one, and Holly is going to make – they're not going out. She's going to make Jerry pork chops for dinner. And <laughs> she was like, oh, by the way, I said hi to Franco the Butcher. Uh, or hi to Franco. And he's like, Franco? She's like, yeah, your butcher down the street. He's like, oh, Yeah. I bet he did that thing where he pretended he didn't know who I was. Yeah, he's yeah, like, I, I
1: bet he acted all aloof like he didn't know me. That is so Franco. That was <laughs> yeah, great. Oh, my God.
0: Yeah, um, that was quick thinking.
1: Ba- back in the hospital, I got, a, I got a question for you. Where are Bobby's parents?
0: Great question. I, I meant to bring that up earlier, too. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like, why are they letting him watch a baseball game with a strange man?
1: Not not only a strange man, but I thought this was going somewhere different cuz like the 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 question of like where his parents came up and then Kramer's like, "Oh, it's getting a little hot in here." And he takes his jacket off. I'm like, "Oh, good lord. Please <laughs> please don't let Kramer strip down because he's so hot in front of this parentless child."
0: Yeah, yeah, and then like the parents show up and he's naked or something. Yeah,
1: yeah, or, or just like he doesn't have a shirt on or something. I'm like, please,
0: please don't let this episode go in that direction. Yeah, thankfully it did not. Thankfully it did not. But it is weird that he wanted to drink out of the same orange juice glass yeah. that yeah. he had already drank out of.
1: But but uh, but Bobby's line is just like after Paul O'Neill hits his first home run was so good.
0: Yeah, and, yeah, and then Kramer like. It does like a little dry, like <laughs> cotton mouth kind of move, like staring at the juice. <laughs> like you're in a hospital, go get something else. Yeah, you know, th- I'm
1: sure there's a water fountain out in the hallway. <laughs> like there's a vending machine. There's probably a cafeteria. Go buy <laughs> yeah, something. All of the
0: above. All of the above. Uh, uh, God. <laughs> uh, and then Paul O'Neill hits an inside the park home run. <laughs> But I didn't hear what the ump said that he was recall it was recalled to a triple because of a throwing oh, error No
1: it was uh it was an inside the park home run but it was ruled and scored as a triple with a throwing error so oh. so a, a triple with a stolen base so he still got the run but because of the throwing error it was ruled that way
0: I see. So, uh, like, going on his official stats, it'll be a triple.
1: Exactly. So, like, ah. it, so it is still inside the park home run. Like, he he made it all the way around <laughs> with one with one hit, got the run. But on his stats, it'll, you're correct. It'll be a triple with a scoring error on the other person.
0: And so, on that technicality, Bobby says that doesn't count as a home run. And Kramer <laughs> starts wrestling the card away from him. <laughs> he just starts
1: fighting a child.
0: Yeah, a sick child.
1: Yes. A, a sick child, not only that, a sick child who cannot walk.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, up in Jerry's apartment, Aww. Jerry is eating the pork chops again. But now he's, <laughs> again, spitting into his napkins and, and stashing them in the couch. Uh, over at Yankee Stadium, uh, Wilhelm and Morgan and George are talking about the birthday card and where it is. Well, Kramer comes in, and the card is still in the frame. And Wilhelm was like, oh, my gosh, this looks great. George, I should have known you were going to do something like this. Kramer says to George, you know, it took everything to get it back. By the way, Paul O'Neill has to catch a fly ball in his hat in the next (laughs) game. (laughs) We made another crazy promise to Bobby. Yeah,
1: yeah. And and Morgan's line here to to George is like, well, you screwed me again, Costanza. How am I I supposed (laughs) to sign the card now? It's already under the glass, which I, I guess you can probably take the backing out.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I would have. I would have been like, like, "Oh, hey, I didn't sign. Can we, you know, pop that off and put?" Because it had to have been such a quick job. It's not
1: like it's permanently framed, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah, Um, and I. But I love his delivery of this from like, like laughing. He's sort of laughing along with everybody. But but it's one of my favorite deliveries in the whole series. Where he's like, (laughs) "Well, you screwed me again, Costanza." Like he's laughing about it because he's so angry. Like it's. And and then he turns on like how am I supposed to sign in now? It's already under like he, he <laughs> it's such a, a a gradual shift in tone, it's yeah. just brilliant. Well you screwed me again, Costanza. I love that delivery, it's so funny. Up in the apartment. Uh, James and the dogs come in, and they're wearing the napkins that he calls bandanas that he found. He's like, "Oh, I found him shoved in this jacket with a bunch of mutton." Um, <laughs> like
1: at that point, would you expect them to be bandanas? I wouldn't. <laughs> no,
0: I don't know what I'd. I don't know what I'd think, but I guess they looked nice <laughs> enough if you wanted to put them on. <laughs> and then the dogs like jump up. Uh, it, by the way, James, who just does not control his dogs. Oh, oh it's, it's okay if my dogs go literally anywhere they want to in your apartment, right? Even up on your furniture where a lot of people even with pets don't uh, allow their pets. Yeah. Uh, and they they start digging in the couch and they find the meat in the sofa. And I love lines here. You know, it's like, oh, do you always hide, um, do you always hide mutton in your jacket? And Jerry's like, uh, sometimes I use the sofa <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> as the dogs are finding the meat. Uh, Over in Steinbrenner's office, George tries to save Mr. Morgan, but uh, Steinbrenner's not hearing it. He's giving George the job. I I love that he's like, it's going to be a lot of work, a lot of long hours, not much more money. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) But
1: he's also like, you'll finally get the recognition you deserve. And George is like, that's what I'm afraid of. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah yeah and then he starts listing all the people that he's had to let go over the years including uh, he, he says billy martin twice which must be uh, a yankees he, joke He says billy martin three times billy martin three times all right i'm gonna look up <laughs> billy martin steinbrenner firings because it must be a yankees joke that maybe he did keep hiring back billy martin and then firing him i, I really don't know <laughs> or is this like a steinbrenner's dumb joke you know uh but then he also says buck Showalter who is the current Yankees manager. And as George, like, you didn't hear that from me, George,
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> which is hilarious. And that's the end of the episode.
1: All right. Do we have any homework?
0: Uh, Yeah. We'll look up what Jerry meant by like a quiche thing. Ordering a salad is like a quiche thing. Okay. And then uh, as we just heard the firing of all the Yankees managers over the years and and Billy Martin and, and figure out what's going on there.
1: Okay. I, I think that's, I think that's, yeah that's all i yeah uh what do you like what do you like visually about this episode for cover art
0: man something happened that i was like that's it and now i don't remember oh maybe george holding his eyes open that's exactly what i was gonna say (laughs) that's exactly what i was gonna say i was like what was it it was perfect and i didn't (laughs) write it down yeah Uh, that's it
1: okay uh do you think we can come up with a better description oh let's try so we've got an uncontrollable wink creates problems for george and kramer I, I don't hate it. It's very, no. it's very vague. Yeah, yeah. And the wink happens in the first scene.
0: Yeah, but does it create? I mean, it does create a problem for Kramer. He's got to get the the card back. Um, and can we put? Should we put something in about well, anything about Elaine or Jerry? Eh. Like Jerry attempts to hide. Jerry hides his dietary preferences or something like that.
1: I, I kinda like it the way it is. Okay.
0: Yeah, I'm fine with that. I mean it's another we, one that yeah, like if we uh,
1: if we keep if we keep what there is and then just add on to it, I, I don't consider that making it
0: better. Ah, okay. Yeah. Even though like is George the A story? I guess he is.
1: I, I think so. I, I think this yeah. is a, a George episode. Yeah. Okay, then I'm fine with it. All right. So next week we have got season seven, episode five, The Hot Tub. Original air date, October nineteenth, nineteen ninety-five. And if you're looking in TV Guide that night, you are gonna see Elaine's house guest arrives for the city's marathon. Semicolon, Kramer gets a hot tub.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love this analysis <laughs> already. Um yeah, and this is another one that I, I'm having that I have high hopes for. And I I'm trying I'm still trying to decide whether or not this episode lived up to my expectations because
1: I, I liked this one I, I thought this one was good
0: yeah and I, I think I'm like you know, I, it,
1: I went into this one like in a bad mood I'm like oh, I gotta watch Seinfeld mm. gotta take notes on it and by the end of it I'm like okay that was worth it
0: yeah talking about it has made it even better and and also the fact that it's it's such a, a backloaded episode and because at first I was like man I remember this episode being so much better and then it and then it fulfills on that that promise mm-hmm. so yeah I think I did I don't know if I'm gonna star it but I did mm, like it. And so I, interesting. I feel the same way about the hot tub. There's a lot of funny scenes I can remember that I'm, I'm hoping uh, it's, it's a good one. Uh, so is that it? I think that's it. All right. For no hugging, no learning. I'm Tim Murphy. <laughs> I'm Ted Halliwell. Be good.